0: It's time, it's time, time time to get in the zone, time to get in the zone, with the 49ers Web Zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast, with Al and Brian. What's up faithful, I'm Al Sacco, he's Brian Rennick, this is the 49ers Web Zone, No Huddle Podcast, part of the Odyssey Network, Brian, I'm going to make a statement, and I, I don't say this lightly this isn't something i just go thrown around you know me i tend to go maybe on the more pessimistic side but i'm, I'm gonna make a statement here and now i think that the 2023 49ers are the best for is is are the best 49ers team that we've seen since the 1994 version am i crazy
1: uh i don't think you're crazy because <clears throat> up until that point i would have argued that 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 moniker probably belonged to either the 2019 49ers that lost the Chiefs or the 2000 was it 12 49ers who lost the Ravens in the Super Bowl. I would have thought those two would have had that moniker, but this team, I'm running out of I'm running out of ways to to talk about them in, in not in like a negative or positive way. It's just like, I'm, I'm running out of superlatives for this team. Um, I said it to you earlier that this episode was going to be a gush fest. And that's really what it is. It's just an absolute gush fest about just how damn good <laughs> this team is. And I I don't know. I don't know. I, I have a hard time looking into the future and, and, and seeing a team that will, give this Niners team a run for their money. This Dallas game on Saturday or Saturday on Sunday is going to be phenomenal. And I, I don't expect a blowout or anything like that, but I'm still, I still expect a victory and that's just how good this team is.
0: Yeah. I would say if I had to pick probably would have said the 2012 team would have been the best prior to that. They, they, they were really good in 2013 team actually was loaded too. Those were two pretty loaded teams. I, I would probably take those both over the 2019 team, but this team to me, and look, there's a long way to go, but they're playing with a purpose. They seem to understand the assignment. We talked about a little bit in the, in the preseason, there was a little bit of a weird vibe with some of the land stuff and it is, is both like sign in time. And the second those lights went on this, the switch flipped right, right away from the word go in Pittsburgh. This team was just ready to go all the bullshit gone. Doesn't matter. Focused on one thing. And that's going out and kicking everybody's ass to hopefully get to a Super Bowl. That's what this team seems focused on to me. And also what we're seeing with this team, all the teams that we talked about, these great 49ers teams recently have had strong defenses, right? Mm -hmm. Pat Mm -hmm. Willis and, Burrow Bowman and Justin Smith and all those guys. And then, you know, recently was Bosa and DeForest Buckner and Richard Sherman. And this team's got that too. We'll talk a little bit more about the defense later. I don't know if this defense is going to be as strong as those teams were, but it's still actually a very a very good defense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But the offense is the difference in in two key spots. Quarterback, which I'm getting ready to say this is the best quarterback they've maybe had since I'm not comparing him to Steve Young, but maybe since Steve Young. He has no Steve Young, but maybe the best QB play we've seen since Steve Young. And they have an offensive player who's the best we've seen since, do you want to argue, argue Terrell Owens? Do you want to argue Jerry Rice in what Christian McCaffrey is doing right now? So where do you want to start? Do you want to start with Purdy and his 20 of 21 performance? Or do you want to start with Christian McCaffrey, who who definitely looks like the early leader for Offensive Player of the Year, and probably in the MVP conversation. Where, where do you want to go? Where do we kick this off?
1: I, I'm going to say, let's start with Christian McCaffrey because the man had four touchdowns on Sunday. And uh, since he's come uh, over to the 49ers in what uh, ESPN called a C-minus trade, uh, it, there have been 18 games that he has played in, and he has 21 touchdowns and 2,226 all-purpose yards. It's just, like you ridiculous. said, yeah, and and like you've said multiple times, if, if the league operated like the NBA, you know, they'd want to hop in a time machine and absolutely not allow that trade to happen, not allow Christian McCaffrey to go to the San Francisco 49ers for a second, a third, a fourth, and a 2024 fifth-round pick. That's it. That is it. That is what they sent. For the, in my eyes, front runner for NFL MVP through four weeks of the season. I, I, love, I knew Christian McCaffrey was good. I loved him at Stanford. I knew that there was no chance that, that the 49ers were going to get him uh, when he came out. But I also knew that, that he was going to be a stud. I just, how am I, how could I have even thought to think that he would be this level of good? And the one thing that has impressed me more than anything is how powerful Christian McCaffrey is. I think you think of him as like almost like a third down back, right? Because of how good he is as a receiver and how well he, you're like, no, this guy is a, a bowling ball with knives. Like he will run directly through your chest. And he will send you flying uh, if if you aren't you know if you aren't prepared to take on some punishment. And he's just so fun to watch. That hurdle was a thing of beauty. There's one picture floating around from an angle that was like the back, I would say the back left corner of the end zone. So it's just a perfect shot of him like midair as the Arizona defender is laying on the ground and his feet are up. And you know they asked him after the game. Like, do you think about things like that? And he's no, it's just, it's just instinctual. And it's like, and that's where you're like, there are just some dudes that are born with it. And Christian McCaffrey was yeah. born with it. And it's, it's just fun to watch.
0: You know, I'm, I I think back to, like you mentioned, ESPN gave it a, a C minus. And even at the time, you know, there's just a thought now with running backs that, that they don't make that much of a difference, really. You, You can replace them. It's a quarterback league. It's a passing league. And I was definitely on team, and I am still to, to an extent team, you know, not pay running backs because, because they're replaceable, because they get hurt and, and all that stuff. But McCaffrey's really changed my tune on that. And I went back and looked when they made the trade for him because there wasn't a lot of, like, nobody thought this would happen. I think people thought he was going to be a good fit in Kyle Shannon's offense if, if you looked at it rationally, but nobody thought this would happen. And if you look back where McCaffrey was at the time, he was all-world in 2018 and in 2019. I and mean, the guy was phenomenal. 2019 he was coming off a year where he had 403 touches, 2392 all-purpose yards and 19 touchdowns. I mean, that's just an all-time season. Then he plays 3 games in 2020 and just 7 in 2021. And maybe you're thinking 403 touches 326 the year before. He's just he's just going to start to break down. He's just not going to be durable anymore. And then he comes through the next season Split with with Carolina and San Francisco, and and he plays every game and into the playoffs, too. He played 20 games that year. And knock on wood, this year, things keep going the way that they are. But like you said, you mentioned those numbers. It's unbelievable. He uh, broke Jerry Rice's record with now he's 13 straight touchdowns for a 49er. And I just think, like I said, we're seeing an all-time 49er season happening before our eyes. The seasons that for maybe some of you weren't, weren't old enough to really watch Rice in his prime, those years that were like, wow, this is special. This is Hall of Fame type stuff. This is not only special to watch on the field, but statistically special. He's probably going to win awards. Um, that's That's what you're seeing right now with McCaffrey. He's the fourth player in the Super Bowl era with at least 70 rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns, 70 receiving yards, and one receiving touchdown in a game joining Sean Alexander, Clint Portis, and LaDalian Tomlinson. And he joins Emmett Smith, um, Arian Foster, his um, only player since 1990 with a touchdown in 13 consecutive games, including the postseason. season. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable stuff. And if you're a 49ers fan, sit back and watch it and enjoy it because it, it's it's just going to be a legendary season. And, and I think Kyle's <laughs> – Kyle team is like, he's like, all right, this is my favorite boy. And I'm just going to keep using him and using him and using him. And I want him. Kyle wants him to have an all time. year. You can tell just yeah. the way he's deploying him and what's he, he wants at the end of the season to look back and say, yeah, under my watch, this guy had this great season. And aren't the Shanahan's and McCaffrey's friends.
1: Oh yeah. Did I big make time. that up? No. Yeah. They're no, good friends, time. right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm sure that has a
0: lot to do with it too. He's got yeah, family friend there. Mike. That he's just, what was that?
1: Ed played for Mike.
0: Right. Okay. But I didn't yeah. know if they were, I thought I read somewhere they were like close friends and I guess, I guess they are. Still, oh yeah. So yeah. They still That's probably are, part yeah. of it too. Sure. He's like, I'm going to hook my boy up. And it's, it's just a, a joy to watch.
1: You know, and it's funny because we, we thought you talk about the, the record that he set. And I, I just keep thinking, when is there going to be a game where he doesn't score a touchdown? Like, I can't, I like legitimately. What, when, I it,
0: think, what, when I bet it, when I bet it on FanDuel, he won't score.
1: One. Well, and that's, yeah. So don't, <laughs> don't. And then he won't we'll have to worry about it. that streak. will keep Never, going. Never, not going to do but, it. But legitimately, like again, we've said it before, this offense quite literally is designed around Christian McCaffrey and the running back position. It always has been about the running game, but it's even more about the running game now. And. I think one of the things that Kyle loves so much is just the way that quite literally he can fuck with the other defense just by lining guys up in different spots. Like there was at one point, there was a formation yesterday where it was Debo and use in the backfield. And I believe McCaffrey was lined up at inline tight end. And like, just because you could line all of those players up anywhere and they would succeed. And that's really what we talk about when we talk about positionless football, at least on the offensive side is any one of those players that trot out there in the, in the starting 11 being Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, CMC, and use check. You can literally line up anywhere. You could line up Kittle and Debo in the backfield and have Ayuk split out wide and have McCaffrey in the slot and juice at tight end. And there's, No reason why they couldn't run a dope play from that because all of those guys can run incredible route trees and all of those guys can run with the football in their hand. And it's just, it's just, again, I I don't. So the Giants said, okay, well, let's blitz Brock Purdy. 87% of of his dropbacks. That didn't work. So then Arizona said, you know what? We're only going to blitz on 17% of your dropbacks. That didn't work, right? It's like, what what can you do? If you pick one thing to stop, Kyle Shanahan is going to spam the shit out of what you're not stopping. And he has a quarterback now, and we can move on to Brock now. And he has a quarterback now that he trusts implicitly to do whatever it is that Kyle is asking of him. and, And Brock rewards that trust game in and game out. And now we get to the point where he's 20 of 21 for 275 yards. And uh, Benjamin Solak, uh, who I love on the ringer, um, he's one of those guys where you look at him, you're like, how does this guy know anything about football? And then he opens his mouth his mouth, and you're like, oh God, this guy knows more about football at, you know, 20. I think he's like 25. I don't know. He's super young, but yeah, I very smart. To his
0: podcast. He's good.
1: Yeah, I love Ben, but he tweeted something today about Purdy's um 20 of 21 performance. And you know, he listed all of the performances that had, I think it was like 85% or higher um completion percentage on 20 plus pass attempts. And of those, Brock Purdy leads with 20 of 21, which is ninety, what was it, 90? I don't know anyway, but not only did he lead, he also of that group had the highest yards per attempt at 8.2 yards. So it wasn't like he was, as he's been accused of, of doing dinking and dunking and throwing a ton of passes behind the line of scrimmage. Like he did against the giants. Right. Why? Cause the, they weren't blitzing. Right. So Kyle Shanahan wasn't calling plays like that. And that's where, You know, that's where it's maddening to me a little bit when you start to get into this Brock Purdy conversation and is Brock Purdy a good quarterback? Is he not? I'm I'm so tired of it because it's like he operates the offense that he's in at a level that nobody else has underneath Kyle Shanahan. What else is he supposed to do? You know, and so again, yesterday, 275 yards, 8.2 yards per attempt. That's almost every attempt went to the sticks or beyond. And I think it was two. I think he had two passes behind the line of scrimmage. One was to Christian McCaffrey, which ended up being McCaffrey's third rushing touchdown because it was a backwards pass. Then there was one more, and I don't remember who it was to. But yeah, this this offense, again, you, you're you going to gear up to stop the run? Cool. Brock will pick you apart. You're gonna you're gonna make sure that that purdy doesn't hurt you. Uh cool. That means that uh Christian McCaffrey is gonna run the ball down your throat. And yeah. it's just like again, pick your poison. And regardless of what happens, this team is sleepwalking to 30 every week.
0: Yeah. 30 plus again with Debo Samuel and George Kittle combining for one catch for nine yards. Like you said, pick your poison they can choose who they're going to be with that day in Purdy. Oh, well, before we get to Purdy, I, I had one more McCaffrey stat. I forgot to say,
1: yeah,
0: the only players in NFL history with 600 plus yards from scrimmage and seven plus touchdowns in the first four games of a season. Jim Brown did it twice. Emmitt Smith did it in 1995 in McCaffrey this year. Got Good got special, 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 special. And he brought up Purdy and it's just, if you're a Niners fan, again, It's been decades of waiting for a quarterback. Enjoy this. Don't nitpick it like you said. Enjoy what you're seeing on the field. For a guy who went 20 of 21, who was in complete control, who beat Steve Young's previous completion percentage, Steve Young was 18 of 20, I believe in 1990 against the Lions, I think it was. Mm -hmm. Purdy comes out and beats that this year. And the thing with Purdy for me, and I'm going to read some stats but every time it looks like not that the game is going to slip away, because again, I think the Niners are just better than these teams, but when there's an opportunity for it to slip away at the end of the half against the Rams, when the giants pulled in close and even in this game, it got to be 21 to 16. I never thought the Niners were going to lose. I never felt that way, but when, but with Purdy, he just constantly responds. He's constantly cool. It's like he never, he never lets it along with his teammates, never let it get to that point. Purdy's, Four games of the season, so we're just you know, we're just about at the quarter mark 17 games now, just you know, a little bit below that, I guess. He's first in the NFL with a QBR at 84.5. He's first in the NFL at passer rating at 115.1. He's third in completion percentage, 72.3. He's eighth in yards. When was the last time the Niners had a guy throw for 4,000? It was Jeff Garcia. Grappolo yeah. came close, but it was Jeff yeah. Garcia. Eighth in yards with 1,019 on his way to well over 4,000 right now. Yards per attempt, 9.1 at second. It's ridiculous. Nine yards per attempt is ridiculous. And his interception percentage continues to be tied for first because you know what, Brian, he hasn't thrown one.
1: It is so, zero.
0: Zero. And I'm sorry, I I, I do not want to hear about, like, if, again, if you're nitpicking to the point where you're like, oh, well, you know, he almost threw one against the Giants and George Kittle did not get down. Go watch the rest of the NFL. Go watch the rest of these quarterbacks, most of whom in this league are playing terrible. There is yeah. so much bad QB play in the league right now. Purdy, you know, we went through, what do we, would we rank him 10th at best? What do we T- went through yeah. the list a show or two yeah. ago?
1: 10th at best, like 15th at worst. There's nothing you look there's at no the list. way,
0: yeah. You're at the way, the way people are playing, like Joe Burrow body of work is, is sure. better than Purdy, obviously. Sure. But the way Burrow is playing right now, you're not, you're not, not playing well. Yeah. Some of those guys, Trevor Lawrence, has hasn't always looked that great this year. So the way some of these guys are playing, Purdy is playing at an extremely high level right now. Another stat is QB efficiency EPA per play through four weeks with a minimum of 80 dropbacks, 0.46, highest in the league. Next closest is 2A at 0.38. So he's just all over the NFL in terms of like leading passer stats. He is cool, calm, and collective on the field, and he, his team is just like you said they can sleepwalk their way to 30 points. I still don't think they played their best game offensive or defensively. And they always find a way to hit 30 points. He's done it every time he's played a full game, except twice on a Thursday night in Seattle and in the division game against Dallas. And we'll see how he does this week against a very good Cowboys defense. But what he's done to this point in his career, astonishing for a seventh round pick. It's, it's one of the best stories
1: in the league. Yeah. You know, and you know you mentioned EPA and for anybody who's listening that doesn't know that stands for expected points added which is just a stat that basically says like hey when this happens this team can expect to add this many points to their score right so 0.4 what you said 0.4 0.48 so essentially every time Brock Purdy drops back the 49ers can expect to add half a point to their eventual point total that's what EPA means uh, something that I thought was astonishing, I heard this earlier, it says nothing to do with the 49ers, it's just a wild stat. Um, <clears throat> on Sunday, the the game that Stefan Diggs had with Josh Allen, uh, Stefan Diggs uh, had 2.1 EPA per, uh, <clears throat> per intended target, <laughs> which means every time that Josh Allen threw the ball to uh, Stefan Diggs, uh, the Bills essentially added two points to their score.
0: Like that's the Bills game insanity. So
1: fun. That is Such wild. A fun game. Yeah, that is wild. But the other thing that I thought was interesting, Nick Wagner from ESPN tweeted this out yesterday. Um, it's not, we went into the season saying, I wonder if Purdy can can do what he did last season, right? Whether you're worried about the, Elbow, whether you're worried about and rightfully so, just regression in general, right? It, you you got to expect something like that. Regression, you know, the elbow, whatever. Um, in 2022, Brock Purdy averaged 2.93 seconds uh, per pass attempt, uh, with seven air yards per attempt and 8.4 yards per attempt. In 2023, he's averaged 2.56 seconds before release with 7.2 air yards per attempt and 9.1 yards per attempt, which is to say the ball is coming out quicker and he's throwing it further down the field and they are, they are gaining more yards per completion than they did last year. So no, he hasn't regressed. In fact, he has improved and you look at you look at the game on Saturday, right? What happened in the Rams game overthrew the three deep passes that he had, right? All we could talk about. Can he, can he complete those? Well, two weeks later, what happens? Completes the four of the of the deep passes that he had. He was four for four, including two big time uh throws to to Brandon Ayuk. So yeah, it's you know, we, we talked about the interceptions in camp. Uh, Matt Miyoko basically trolled himself on on uh, <laughs> on Sunday when uh, or I've maybe it was even this morning too. I've, I've been
0: I've been talking some shit about that. The practice yeah. interceptions. Give me. a Yeah.
1: Break. Well, well, and that's the thing is, is, you know, that but that was the storyline. Right. And, you know, it turns out, what does Brock Purdy use practice for exactly what you're supposed to use practice for? Figure out what you can get away with going against the best defense in the league in practice so that when you step on the field on Sunday, you know, Hey, I can get away with this throw or no, I can't get away with this throw. And, and he's just, he's just such, he's, he's such a good decision maker and it makes all the difference in the world. And it's just really, really fun to watch.
0: Dude, they had five third downs in this game. That's it. Five, they were so efficient. Arizona out ran sixty-seven plays. The Niners ran fifty-three. That—that's they're, they're so efficient in this game. And you mentioned the long passes. Yeah, I think Purdy came in over three on thirty-plus-yard throws, and he hit both throws in this game. Mm-hmm. Two, again, a guy who just keeps ascending, and he was, I believe, the number one-rated receiver this week on PFF. Although, if you watch Diggs' game, I kind of find it hard to believe. But
1: who knows yeah, that's yeah, yeah.
0: But he was phenomenal, again, Brandon I, in this game. He had six targets, and he came down with each of them for gains of 20, 34, 25, 42, 11, and 16. I mean, that's, that's as, as good as you can get yeah. with that.
1: And in that was a career games, game for him.
0: He, yeah, again, just like week one was. And the only thing that stopped him is that shoulder or neck injury, whatever it was, when he really wasn't healthy in the Rams game and then missed, missed the Giants game. Because in mm-hmm. really two and a half games... He's got 17 catches for 320 receiving yards and two touchdowns. And we've been talking all offseason, all preseason, like we think this guy is headed towards stardom. This is his year. And again, yeah. for the first quarter of the season, it it has been. He's gonna make himself a lot of money. Like, dude, I hope the Niners can get him signed. Dude's making 20 plus million, 22 million a year on the open market. Somebody is gonna pay the hell out of Brandon. Iyuk. Yeah. Brandon Ayuk, if he goes to a, a pass happy team. Can have a Stefan Diggs type impact. I, I really believe I so that. Too. If he wanted to do something like that. Now I think the Niners are going to do everything they can to sign him, um, especially after the season he's having this year, and especially after the rapport he has with Purdy. They clearly have a good thing going. He yeah. is their best D- Debo is a weapon, Brandon Ayuk is their best wide receiver. And I think it's imperative I, that they uh, sign I, him because he yeah. is, like I said, if he goes somewhere else, he get, he get a lot of dough, dude.
1: Well, and and I think. You know, you look, at, you look at the way that they've manipulated the cap and, and, you know, everybody saw the news when they created such an um, immense amount of cap space this season after the Bosa extension. And everyone's like, oh, you know, what is the move? What is the move? Well, I think the move is, well, shit, we got to pay Brandon Ayuk and you can roll over unused cap space to the following year. They literally did it, I think, just to make a move midseason if there is one to be made and and I I do think there is one to be made and I think we can get into that here in a second uh where I think that move should be made um but yeah I it, they're they're going to I have a hard time thinking that they are just going to be willing to let Brandon Ayuk go for a compensatory third round pick like they're not they're going to sign him and and that's the thing is Debo's expensive next year and he's expensive the year after that but then it's done. His was just a four-year deal. And you know, there's there's plenty of ways to to manipulate the cap. You know, Purdy is still cheap for two more seasons, although, I mean, he's going to play this season, and then he's not even eligible for an extension until after next season, but after next season, I imagine they will look to extend him. And so, you know, things things will get... I don't want to say dicey, but things will get complicated, but I, I just I can't imagine them being willing to to part with Brandon Ayuk because dude is dude is a superstar and I think you could argue he's one of the ten best wide receivers in the NFL right now.
0: Right now. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think we we've been talking about this two year window. And the extension of that window now, again, if things continue the way that they are, we we know it's Bosa because he's just signed that big contract. But it's Purdy and Ayuk. Maybe, maybe there's your extension. When we're wondering, yeah. you know, where are they going to be? They have to find a quarterback. Maybe maybe they have that now. Maybe that's their extension. Purdy, Ayuk, Bosa. These are guys that you build around as some, are, some of these other guys. Maybe get the Twilight, Armstead, and Kittle, Trent Williams. Mm-hmm. And they'll obviously make left tackle, tackle a priority. They seem like they always do when that time comes. But because so I want to get into the defense a little bit. And I think you alluded yeah. to a move you wanted to make. And I'm going to assume yep. you mean the defense, but I don't know. what What were you yes. thinking with that?
1: Well, one of the things that we saw yesterday. Well, two things. One, Jake Moody, stop kicking the damn ball out of bounds on kickoffs. Just stop. You've done it twice now. That's two times too many. Knock it the hell off. Do you need to have another I, intervention? I maybe. If he kicks another one out of bounds, I will have we will have another <laughs> right. intervention. Because we saw right, that we'll it worked. For it. it it worked, right? Hasn't missed hasn't it missed did. Kick. It did. Hasn't missed you are kick solely yet. responsible for his career turning around. I don't oh, know if yeah. he knows that. I, yeah, I should probably put that in my Twitter bio, but you but, should you, you know should. let, him know. Moody, let Jake, him know. Jake, Jake Moody Jake Jake motivator. Um but, but so but on that on that drive, that was the drive of the 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 Cardinals scored their touchdown. And I don't know if you noticed, but who got abused through the air on that drive? It was Amber Thomas. And Amber Thomas was on the field because Isaiah Oliver was not, and they moved Demo to the slot and put Amber Thomas outside. Um, I know Daryl Luter Jr., I know they're high on him, and he will be coming off the pup soon, so there is some reinforcement there, but Daryl Luter Jr. is a rookie. Um, I would love to see... Now, I mean, my ideal move, and I've said it already on here, I would love to see them get Pat Sertan from uh, from the Broncos. I mean, if, if they can make that happen, well just unreal, but they I think they just need somebody and 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 maybe maybe it is Anthony Brown who is on the team already, uh, former Cowboys corner, um, coming off a I want to say Achilles injury, um, didn't play a lot last year, but has played uh, quite a few uh, games as a starting corner in the NFL. He is currently on the roster. I think they're just kind of giving him time to get up to speed. And and I wouldn't be surprised if we see him more on the field against Dallas, especially if for whatever reason they do need to put Demo in the slot and they need somebody outside, I think they would go with Brown. Cause Ambry Thomas is just not it. He's just not it. He had a, you know, he had a Jimmy Garoppolo level five game stretch to end uh 2021, where it was like, oh, okay. I think we have something here. And then for whatever reason, it just hasn't clicked since then so depth at corner is a is a concern uh, that i have um especially if either a oliver isn't cutting it in the slot and so you need something different there because womack womack's gone for a while Um, you know his knee injury was is keeping him out i think they said six to eight weeks so uh depth at the corner position is, is really my biggest concern for this team right now and obviously it hasn't hurt them thus far uh, but they are going to start playing some some better teams uh, coming up here. This stretch that starts with the Cowboys is a is a pretty difficult stretch. Um, you know, I would like to see that that position uh, shored up. And one of the things that I was wondering <clears throat> is we haven't seen a lot of Jair Brown on the field. He's played a lot in special teams, right? Their third round uh, rookie safety. I wonder if they have, and I have no idea, but I wonder if they've dabbled with. Uh, seeing what he would look like in the slot. I think that could be an interesting uh, option for them. Again, if for whatever reason, because I think Oliver has been fine. There have been stretches where he's been not great, but overall, I think he's been fine and he's been good in, in run support. Um, but like I said, if he goes down, I, and again, I don't know what happened on, on Sunday, why he wasn't on the field in in during that stretch and why Ambry Thomas was, because I believe he came back later in the game. So I don't know if he got pulled for ineffectiveness. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I would like to see I would like to see them address some depth in the at the cornerback position. But again, we're talking about picking nits, right? Because this team yeah. just looks yeah, real, man. real, real, real good.
0: And the defense has only up, given up fifty eight points in four games, and I don't yeah. think we've seen the best of them yet. By any no, I definition. don't think that's that so could at all. Be because Nick Bosa is working his way back. That could be because Steve Wilkes is a new coordinator, and, and everything's getting felt out still. So. But that's the scary part of this team. The offense seems like it's going to sleepwalk the 30 points that like we talked about, and the defense, when it's at its best, probably isn't giving up much more than 15 in most games in that area. So, this team can be absolutely, absolutely dominant. Now, like you said, there's there's a tough stretch coming up. This Cowboys game is huge. I'm okay. not going to go crazy. We'll talk about the game. We're going to actually have Damon Bruce on this week to, to preview the game with us. But we'll talk about that. But I'm not going to go crazy if they lose that game because again, I think this game to Dallas is like. Super Bowl level to them just because the Niners have knocked them out. Um, I feel like the Niners are gonna win the game, but I won't go crazy if, if if they lose it. But actually, you know what, Brian? They don't really have a tough stretch. Because the, the Browns, the Vikings, and the Bengals, that doesn't look as tough as it did when the season started.
1: That's so, true. That's a good point. You know, that's a good once point. Once they not get as, this not Dallas as tough as, through, yeah.
0: Yeah, you're talking maybe one loss going into the bye, I think, right now. I'm just I'm so 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 positive with this team right now that they're just I, I don't remember the last time I've been this positive about this team but yeah the off or the defense to me the defense we're seeing now I don't think is going to be the defense we're seeing four or five six weeks from now I think it's going to continue to get better
1: it's it, it's kind of to me it's kind of similar to the dolphins right like Vic Fangio's defense has not looked great thus far uh and they got absolutely torched on Sunday by the Bills and Josh Allen went just beast mode on them. It's probably arguably the best game that Josh Allen's ever played outside of that that playoff game against Kansas game, City man. where each it each team just said screw defense. We'll just trade touchdowns. That's all we need to do. Uh but but I I agree. I think they're going just like I was say Vic Fangio's defense in 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 Miami is going to look different by January and I think the same thing with this 49ers defense. You know, it's just I think I think it has everything to do with uh, priors, right? Like we've spent since 2019, you know, we've spent four years now as fans watching this team, knowing this team is a defensive team who has an offensive mastermind at coach, but that coach is limited by the guy operating the offense. And so we're just used to, Hey, you know, we're going to go into this game thinking our defense is going to smother the the opposing team. And as long as we don't turn the ball over, we should win this game. And now it's more like, hey, we're going to go into this game and we're probably going to score 30 or close to it. So as long as the defense doesn't just shit the bet, we should win this game. And this defense is so good that it's rare that they're going to just shit the bet. So again, it's like, you just have these expect maybe they're unrealistic expectations. Like I, I'll tell you what, the first time this team doesn't score thirty, I'm gonna be like, "What the hell happened? What, what <laughs> right, happened yeah. today?" You know what I mean? And it's like, man, talk about fan privilege because that's 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 pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, they're just they're scoring at an absolutely absolutely historic rate right now. And the guy who you thought you said was maybe holding them back behind center didn't play this week and still still hold on to his lead lead league in interceptions. So, congratulations to to him for still having six six picks to lead lead the league or five, six, whatever he's got so far. Um but yeah, it's that's definitely been an upgrade back there, despite what you think, of jimmy. um it's it's hard to argue that the product is is an upgrade there. did you watch? did you watch the um Jets and the Chiefs last night?
1: I did watch the Jets and the Chiefs last night, and um I about had a conniption fit on that third and twenty two conversion. When Jawan Taylor, the left tackle of the Chiefs, is just blatantly holding Jermaine Johnson, the defensive end of the New York Jets, and it doesn't get called. Like, what are we? Doing? He was waving his and arms
0: up in the air, like like this and guy slapped
1: him. it, like slapped him in the face. Like what? Like, and the ref is standing right there, and I'm just like, this is like at a certain point you just have to understand that the NFL knows that it's an issue and they don't care. And I'm not, I'm not one for conspiracy theories because largely I think that is just a coping mechanism for most people, but there are some really really easy fixes to help the NFL and their officiating issues, the biggest one being eye in the sky, which many professional sports leagues around the world, uh, especially soccer leagues use all the time. Um and and the NFL refuses to even talk about it. And to me, that says more about them wanting this type of thing happening than than anything else because you know you think about wh- i mean what was what happened at that game why was that game so special who was at that game
0: i can't i can't like right we right get so she was there we get taylor yeah. swift was there how many times did nbc have to show her and i i, I love me some t swift but come mm-hmm. on
1: well and i think i think it's the it's it's the nfl going listen this this is going to attract female uh you know, female viewers for the first time in a long time. And we don't have to do anything. We just have to show her being here, right? Like Travis Kelsey's jerseys up 400%. You know who, you know, who got the second highest Jersey bump last week, Jason Kelsey, his brother, Um, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. And then uh, Travis Kelsey gained like millions of Instagram followers. And also Jason Kelsey gained the second most Instagram followers. So, you know, the Swifties well, are, are 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 all in. But but with that being said, again, they pushed it so hard. Do we yes. do we think that do we think that they wanted the Chiefs to win that game? I'm hard pressed well, to it's think just, that they did.
0: People are going to come up with that this script, right? But here's the thing. I'm sitting on my couch and I'm like, you know, the officials, I feel like, haven't sucked that bad this year. Literally said that to myself five minutes before that play. And then the pass interference call, which mm-hmm. to me at best it was ticky tack, but it's just mm-hmm. for me. Use your judgment. You 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 aren't calling that all game. There was a lot of grabbing and, and tugging, which I'm fine. It's part of the game. I want that right. to happen. Right. But you don't call it up. Don't call it when it when it's going to affect the result of the game at the end of the game. Don't call it at a critical point in the game at the end. So, and then the way that it looked, it just looked really bad. So the the foul apparently happens. and Then Mahomes throws it and it gets picked off. And the ref doesn't throw the flag until after the ball is picked off. So regardless of why he did that or whatever, it just looked really bad. And it's another Mm. game at the end where you're about to have an exciting finish. To me, it's better for the league if the Jets have the ball and Zach Wilson finally has a good game has a chance to come back and redeem that fumble. Absolutely. That, that's that's the great story for the NFL. That's time. a phenomenal not, story. Yeah. Not the Chiefs won on a couple penalties and we got to show Taylor Swift 15 times. That would have been a great story to me. And that didn't happen again because the NFL took that away from us, the officiating. Just like in the Super Bowl, I thought. And, again, people could say what, it, what whatever. But if that call doesn't get made in the Super Bowl, you'd get to see Jalen Hurts come back and try to win it, who was having a, a phenomenal game. So, like you said, they can fix this stuff. They choose not to. And I thought Robert Sala was going to punch the guy. I mean, he was, he was livid. <laughs> and I can't blame rightfully him. So.
1: Yeah. The guy's
0: so. now one in nine in his last 10 starts. He's had the worst luck in the world with the Aaron Rodgers thing. And these guys just, the NFL just doesn't want to stop it. So I hope, I hope it won't, won't be an issue. And another four weeks from now, I'll be like, oh, hasn't been that bad. But it just seems to me like it, it's, it's never the incompetence and, and the inconsistency is just never going to end.
1: Yeah. And uh, Rich Eisen. Right. Rich Eisen, who, I mean, you could say is a mouthpiece for the NFL. He tweeted out Robert Sala should say something at the press conference and get fined. Like, that's what he should do because it's so egregious and so blatant. And I was like, absolutely. And that's the thing is this isn't going to change until coaches and players and fans make the NFL change it. And I don't know what that looks like, but man, it is gross. Like, that is... It's just it it's embarrassing. It should be embarrassing for the league. And no, it's not because they're making money hand over fist. And that is the bottom line. But that, like, like I said, like it it is that's an embarrassing missed call. There's no excuse for missing that holding call against Juwan Taylor. None. Yeah. None. I mean, you could debate. The the call against uh, against New York, the defensive holding against Sauce Gardner, you could debate that. Like, I could see throwing the flag. It needed to happen sooner, like you said, because the timing of it made it seem pretty, you know, pretty one sided. But I mean, you could argue that. There's no arguing that Juwan Taylor is holding the shit out of Jermaine Johnson, You're right? Like, like fistful of jersey and everything, and it's just like, eh, come on. Like you're standing right there, you can see it. There's no way that you can't. So yeah, that was that was irritating to me, and you know, and 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 I felt bad for our guy Bobby Sauls, right? Um,
0: can my know, man catch gas, a
1: break, please? All gas, no breaks, and there's just you know, <laughs> no gas to be had in uh in New no York. No breaks. For him. So poor man, guy, man. Poor stuff. Yeah.
0: All right, we got a big show coming up on Thursday for a gigantic game. We're gonna preview uh, the Niners Cowboys with. Damon Bruce. So that's That's going to be a lot of fun for us. So that will be awesome until then for Brian, I'm L
1: later. No, three! One two, three. <laughs> 2400 sports is an odyssey company.